I just realized my mic was muted that entire time. Well, I looks like we're doing the intro over again. <laughs> All right, Nathan Bunnett, episode 33, guys. Uh, it's been a minute since we recorded an episode. Uh, I've been in the new apartment for about two months now. Uh, it'll be two months, four days from the time I record this. But uh, despite that, it's only been my s- second episode since I moved into the apartment. So yeah, we're we're a little behind, but um, you know it is what it is. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and knock this episode out. Uh, n- another solo episode, you know. Um, we've had a bunch of wonderful guests come on and everything, uh, and you know guests are fun because you can bounce off somebody. But uh, I need a little bit. Um, uh, I feel like it would it would be good to do another solo episode, you know. Uh, just sitting down with you guys and myself and um, you know it's good to to just be me and you guys every once in a while um, but yeah um, the NBA season is starting a week from today so obviously that's exciting so that means this will probably be the last Nathan Budnett before the NBA season starts with the NBA season starting up, obviously there's a lot of exciting things, uh, more content for for me to make for you guys, a lot more stuff to talk about. Um, but there's also other things related to that. Uh, start of fantasy basketball, which I'm excited for. Uh, I'm in a fantasy league right now that I've mentioned with me, uh, CJ Hoop Talk, Swish Eel, Clan the Spurs fan, and a few other basketball YouTubers. So that's going to be really fun. Um, just sort of a mix of uh, all the all the Spurs and basketball YouTubers, and we're sort of having a YouTube fantasy basketball, so that'll be fun. Uh, I got a lot more uh, videos planned for you guys as well. Um, again, I know I haven't uploaded in a minute, um, but it's midterm month after all. But I do want to upload uh, some more during the month of October. Um, and uh, speaking of which, the channel right now is at about 467 subs. Um, so, uh, I'm, I am trying to hit 500 by the end of the year. I know it's going to be a little bit more difficult since I haven't been consistent. Um, but we, I really do think we can get it cause we are only 33 away. Um, so yeah, I really want to hit 500 by the end of the year and uh, I'll definitely be uploading more. Cause again, I have, I do have some good video ideas written down. I just need to go ahead and record and edit them and everything. Um, but with that out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into some of the stuff I have written down here uh, to talk about before the season starts. So, of course, the biggest one that is on everyone's mind is Draymond Green. So let's go ahead and talk about that. Was what Draymond Green did right? No, of course not. Um, that was a crazy punch. You know, if that was... Uh, I saw... Um, uh, Kenny, uh, do a video on it, and he sort of put it in the terms of, you know, these people are co-workers, if this would have happened in any other business, Draymond would have immediately been fired, you know, because that is assaulting another co-worker, you know, like, there could have been, like, actual, like, legal charges, uh, with that, and, you know, you would have been fired from your job, but, you know, this is not a normal job. This is competitive sports. You know, trash talking happens. You know, stuff happens. And um, Kenny the Jet Smith was actually approached on the, the street about it. And um, Kenny, you know, was talking about, you know, people are 
are blowing this up like this happens like all the time it's just not really brought to the public light and everything that often but it happens on every team and everything um and i know this may be some of a sort of a hot take and some people may agree with it but i honestly agree with that um i think a lot of people are really blowing this up you know um and uh, I saw Shannon Sharp and, you know, Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless is known for sometimes being, you know, crazy and, and wrong with a lot of his takes. Um, and he uh, he was saying, you know, um, that, you know, Draymond's a, a incredibly wrong for this. This is so out of line for him. Uh, but Shannon Sharp was also saying that once it becomes public, it is much harder to deal with. Um, and I, I do agree with that part of it. Um, cause again, this is like, this is nothing new for the NBA. This happens all the time where sometimes teammates will fight. Like I've brought up on the podcast before how, uh, Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis were fighting on the bench at one point. Um, and that was just like this last season. Um, teammates get into fights sometimes, and it's just what happens. And you know we've seen fights in games before. Um, you know the the biggest one obviously was the Malice at the Palace, and that is different because that's when fans get involved in the fight. And then that was one of the biggest fights in sports. But we see you know little tussles and everything like that with uh, games all the time. Um, and I really do think this is sort of becoming bigger than it needs to be because of just sort of the public reaction to it. Um, and again, like a lot of people may not agree with that, but to me, this is sort of the analogy that I came up with. You got to think about where this video came from, right? This video came from TMZ Sports, okay? TMZ is known for being you know the paparazzi the drama police when it comes to celebrities and then in that in that company there's this obviously the subsection of tmz sports which does the same thing with athletes and you know sports and everything like that and so the best way for me to put it is tmz was sort of the original Keemstar, okay? Keemstar, obviously, is pretty much a universally disliked person on YouTube. Uh, you know, he comes out with drama. He keeps up with drama. He, he likes to call people out. He likes to make things bigger than it has to be because that gets more attention to his videos, you know? And he sort of adds stuff to the story to make it juicier. TMZ is the exact same thing, just on a celebrity scale rather than a YouTube scale. And so people are seeing, you know, this TMZ video and everything and they're going crazy, but that's exactly what TMZ wants. Cause that gets more people watching their video, watching the leaked video of it, you know, gets stories going and everything like that. And it's, it's really not that big of a story. Um, and Again, I'm. Am I saying that what Draymond did was okay? No, it was not okay at all. However, again, it's becoming like 
this huge story, you know, it's the end of Draymond's career. Uh, Draymond needs to be, uh, you know, suspended and everything like that. And uh, does this mean that Draymond's going to get traded? Will Poole request a trade? Uh, people are talking about Jordan Poole's family has been affected after the video released. And, you know, they'll never be the same, quote unquote. Um, you know, again, it really all it was was a, a punch. Um, and again, it's not okay, but it's not as big as it needs to be. And uh, Draymond actually... Um, I'm not defending Draymond, but he actually had, um, a good quote in his interview by him where, um, he said, it's bullshit that TMZ leaked the video. And he said, um, it's bullshit that no other videos get leaked. Um, you know, he was saying whenever he does something good at practice, it doesn't get leaked. Whenever he's a leader to other teammates, it doesn't get leaked. Whenever they're doing scrimmages and all this stuff, and you know, no videos really get leaked. It's really only when bad stuff like this and like crazy stories happen where they see something bad and they latch onto it. And again, that's what I feel like is happening. You know, they see us, people will see a story, they'll spread it around, people will make their own opinions, and it becomes much of a bigger thing. And it's harder to handle it when it is a public thing versus whenever it's handled internally. And Steve Kerr actually said that as well. Um, and uh, y'all are going to call me weird because this is the, just the first thing that came to mind, you know. Um, and that's the point of the podcast is we just let thoughts flow. You know, nothing's scripted or anything. We just talk our what's on our minds. But um, it actually sort of reminds me of the the spider-man movie where um daredevil you know comes in as the lawyer and he said you know you've beaten these charges but there's the court of public opinion you know uh and public opinion a lot of times is more important than the actual court uh and right now people are seeing draymond as an enemy um and they are making it much harder to deal with because of their reaction to it um, cause again, the, um, they're sort of plastering Draymond everywhere as the villain of the NBA right now, when what he did wasn't, wasn't as bad as people are portraying it. Was it bad? Yes. But, um, I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it. And, uh, Draymond as well said, you know, this had nothing to do, uh, with his contract. Um, and they wanted to handle it internally, uh, which again would have been a lot easier, um, but uh, even before the fight happened, uh, ESPN was talking about Draymond's contract, and they said that Draymond's contract wasn't a priority uh, to the Warriors at the time because he still had a couple of years on it, and they wanted to focus more on Jordan Poole, uh, and they said that they had to look at how Draymond Green behaved uh, because uh to quote ESPN, Draymond has the most uh, has the biggest chance of quote unquote rocking the boat is what they said, meaning to create turmoil in the team. And of course, team chemistry is important. Uh, and so that's exactly what we're seeing now is is Draymond just has the character of being hot headed. Uh, and so that sort of came out. And we've actually seen this with other players uh, in the past. You know, Boogie Cousins, um, he. Uh, he used to play uh, 
really well, but he 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 was known for you know being quick to fouls, being hot headed, and everything. And now he's sort of being passed around to every other team, uh, and we don't really see his name come up that much in the NBA anymore. Uh, it seems like every season he's on a a different team now, um, and who knows? We'll just have to see what happens with Draymond. Uh, but in my opinion, this is being handled the way it is being handled because of the public's reaction to it. Um, and, you know, ESPN has a brand. Um, the Warriors have a have a brand. Um, everybody has a brand. And so they sort of have to go with the public opinion in order to, um, you know, keep everybody happy, keep their viewers happy everything like that um and i i i know i'm going against the grain here um but to me i i again i agree with kenny the jet smith where kenny the jet smith came out and said you know this isn't that big of a deal uh and people are are over exaggerating it and i i agree with that um and people i know people aren't going to agree agree with me very much on that but again i'm talking myself in circles i I think I've explained my stance on, on it enough already. Where, it's just becoming a bigger deal than it has to be, um, because people people like drama. Pe- people eat up drama, uh, and so they are going to keep this story relevant um, and make it bigger as time goes on because it's ex- exciting for them uh, to have something to talk about with Draymond and everything. Um. Anyway, that's all I have to to say on on Draymond. Uh, as for something else, I've noticed recently that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I've brought this up in the past before, but injuries are getting really, really bad in the NBA right now. Uh, and I want to do probably another uh video on this separate from the podcast. But uh, injuries are getting really bad right now. And I think there are three major components to it, and they should be pretty obvious. But the NBA is getting older. Uh, the seasons are closer together, um, and like there isn't as much downtime, but between seasons and everything. Ever since uh, the COVID season, we like the NBA has tried to get back on schedule as much as it can and get back to sort of a regular season um because obviously with it being with the NBA being suspended and then coming back it's not ending at the same time it usually does and therefore it's not starting the same time it usually does now it's starting it's it's sort of back on track where it's starting in October ending around June July which is what we've come to expect. Uh, but, you know, back in COVID, it didn't end until, you know, mid-summer. Um, and so these seasons are much closer together, obviously, and people don't have very much time to rest. Uh, and that becomes even more prevalent with things like the Euro League uh, that players like Giannis and Luca are playing in. Uh, we had the Olympics... Um, uh, like right uh, during the COVID season as well. Um, 
And along with that, again, players are just getting older as well. Uh, LeBron's getting into his 40s. Um, players like Kevin Durant, uh, Steph Curry, uh, Chris Paul, uh, James Harden, all of these players that have been vets for very, very long are just starting to get older and their bodies are getting weaker and easier to injure. And so I don't think that these injuries are going to really stop anytime soon because of that uh, until we start seeing a few of these players um, retire um, and that sort of bring in the next era of the NBA um, that is uh, Luka, that is um, Trey Young, that is the people that just got drafted, you know, Cade Cunningham, uh, these much younger players that have just been drafted or dra- drafted a, a couple years ago um, rather than the, you know, the early 2000s. Um, like LeBron was drafted um, um, the year I was born, I'm pretty sure. Um, and yeah, it would have been the year I was born because I'm 20 and it's his 20th year in the NBA, I'm pretty sure. Um, and obviously age doesn't help injuries. Uh, your downtime is very, very important in order to prevent injury. You know, if you're going nonstop, that's why in the gym you have to have a rest day so you don't injure yourself. It's the same sort of thing. Um, and that also leads to, um, less exciting games as well because, uh, players do need this sort of rest. And so, in order to artificially create that rest, uh, f- like an off season, um, coaches are not really going to be starting their main guys at the start of the season. You know, they're, they're not going to come out with these crazy finals uh, starting lineups. Um, it's it's going to seem for a while that the NBA season hasn't really started yet. Uh, I don't think, even though the NBA season starts on the 18th. I don't think we'll see a real true start of the season until probably the first week of November because these players like Giannis, these players like Luka uh, that have been playing in the EuroLeague especially, they're going to need their rests. Um, And so they're going to have to sit out the first couple games in order to create, again, sort of an artificial offseason for them where they aren't playing these games. Um, And... We're going to see sort of these first few weeks uh, look a lot like preseason almost uh, in my mind because, again, these players are going to need to sit out for the first couple games because they have not sat down for an extended period of time uh, away from basketball. Uh, Again, I I keep bringing up Giannis and Luca with the EuroLeague. They have been literally playing basketball the entire year round at this point because um, they started last season in October. Um, Giannis went all the way to um, the playoffs with the Celtics. The Celtics knocked him out, and then he immediately goes into the EuroLeague. He's playing the EuroLeague. The EuroLeague only recently just ended um, like a couple weeks ago, and now he's uh, resting a little bit. And now it's preseason, 
and the NBA season is going to start again in a couple weeks. There has been no real break for these players. There has been no off season for them. Um, and so they, they're going to need their rest and there is going to be more injuries this season. And there are going to be more injuries this season after that. And unfortunately it's just going to continue until we, the NBA figures out a balance between FIBA and the NBA, as well as, um, sort of the break between seasons because we have, uh, we have been trying to start the season back at its usual time while getting out at a later date than usual. Uh, so the off season is also shorter in itself, um, because of that. Um, but whenever we start getting more of these younger players through the draft and less older players, um, that age will definitely, um, the younger age, age of players will definitely help uh, prevent those injuries and everything. Um, but that I that was just a trend that I saw that I wanted to comment on, and I the last couple of things I have on here is the I, I I wrote on here I call in my notes I called it the Kobe documentary. It's technically not a Kobe documentary. Um, but in a way it is, um, the redeem team, um, movie or documentary or whatever you want to call it on Netflix called the redeem team. So this is a production made by Netflix, uh, or at least hosted on Netflix that talks about the redeem team of the 2008 Olympics and everything. And it really goes to show, uh, they talk about, the USA team for like the first half or so I would say and then after that it sort of talks about Kobe joining the USA team and how he took over as a leader um and it um shows how much he was a leader and how he sort of brought his Mamba mentality to the rest of the players and how great he was and everything um and I really do think it does does Kobe justice and it shows sort of the mentality that he went in with, the mentality that he brought to other players. Uh, but more importantly than that to me that I saw on there, it addressed the, uh, the relationship of international uh, players in the NBA and everything like that. And uh, that is something I want to do more videos on. Uh, Swish Eel has done a bunch of videos on it. Uh, and I will... A shout out Swiss Eel uh, again great friend of the channel makes amazing videos uh, I'm I, I might leave his stuff in the uh, the videos I'm specifically talking about in the description um, I'll definitely leave probably a link to his channel or something um, but he does some videos about um, international players around um, I think he does it to the late 2000s um, but we also saw another surge of international players in the early 2000s um, and also sort of around the 90s when uh, with the Dream Team. Um, you know, because basketball is one of those sports. Um, basketball is one of those sports that started. Um, oh, I just lost connection to live, but I'm still recording. So 
Uh, I don't know if this will be in the VOD, but it should be in the recording. Sorry to go off track there, audio listeners. Um, I record these episodes as well as stream them. So in case I lose connection to the stream like I am now, I still have the uh, the recording. Um, so anyway, Dream Team International Play. Um, the sport of basketball was created, you know, everybody knows in Nazmith. Uh, or Naismith, um, however you want to pronounce it, um, up in up near Boston, and um, because of that, you know, basketball was an American sport for a while, and you know, the greatest basketball players came from America because it was where the sport originated. But as we played in the Olympics, as people watched the NBA um, on TV internationally. Um, it became a much bigger and bigger sport. And uh, the Dream Team actually helped sort of revive the the NBA in a way um, because uh, I'm sure you've all heard, um, you know, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird uh, saved the NBA because they were getting low views and the rivalry brought in people, brought in more views and everything. Um, same sort of thing. Uh, the Dream Team helped sort of uh, broadcast the greatness of American basketball to the entire world uh, and brought more of a global image um, of basketball to the world and brought more views to the NBA. And But that had the cause and effect of bringing in more international players, which brought more international competition. Uh, and we started to see Team USA losing uh, in the early 2000s. Because, uh, again, we were getting people like Manu Ginobili from Argentina, Dirk Nowitzki from Germany, etc. Um, and that is something I want to do a video on because um, I've talked about that plenty of times. Um, and it's a much more in-depth topic. Uh, you know, Rudy, uh, recently we've had Rudy Gobert, Giannis, uh, Luca, plenty of these international players. Um, and it's just, um, it's cool to see sort of the evolution, um, of basketball overseas. And again, Swish Elis already sort of dived into that. So I'll leave a link to his videos, but I do want to do a separate video on that. The last sort of thing I have on here, I know it's sort of a short episode. Um, but again, the, uh, as you could have probably guessed, the shorter episodes are going to happen. Uh, whenever it's off season, but there's still plenty to talk about. Uh, so Victor Winbanyama, uh, I have talked about Victor Winbanyama plenty of times before, and I am very very excited um, to see him play on an NBA level. Obviously, I want it to be on my team. <laughs> Obviously, I want it to be for the Spurs. Uh, the Spurs are in tank mode right now. Um, and I really do think he can revive the Spurs because um, he is the most hyped prospect since LeBron, and for good reason. Um, their NBA on ESPN sort of did um, a story on him after his, uh, after his recent games, and they said that he uh, – excuse me um, – you know, they said that he could be the greatest of all time, you know, surpassing 
Jordan, surpassing LeBron, surpassing Kareem, uh, Larry Bird, whoever you your goat is, Victor Wimbayama will most likely be better than them by the end of his career um, because he really can sort of do everything, and that is why everybody um, wants to draft him. And what do I mean by he can do everything? Well, I mean he can do everything. Uh, in his recent game, he had seven threes, uh, 11 rebounds, and five blocks. And that is because this man is 7-4. But again, despite being 7-4, he hits seven threes. Usually we don't see that many big men uh, shoot threes or anything crazy like that. They usually play in the paint, obviously. Um, you know, Giannis plays in the paint. Uh, Rudy Gobert plays uh, plays in the paint a lot of the time. Um, you know, Shaq was dominant in the paint uh, way back when he played. Um, you know, it's it's sort of an unwritten rule, of course, that a forwards and a center spot is going to be towards the key rather than beyond the arc. Um, and that's obviously the whole front court, back court uh, terminology. Um, but Victor Wimbayama is sort of playing as a point guard at 7-4, which is crazy to see. Because I've talked about plenty that the size of the NBA is shrinking. And players and play, uh, players are getting shorter and shorter over time. Um, and people are shooting more threes. And again, people are getting shorter and shorter. And Victor Wimbayama is sort of destroying that curve. Because that is his biggest strength. Um, he is turning the height of these new NBA players as they get shorter and shorter into one of their weaknesses. Uh, because even tall players, like, they brought up LeBron again. Uh, LeBron 6'7", uh, Wimbanyama 7'4". Um, uh, they talk about height is something you can't teach, of course. Um the meaning behind that goes without saying. Um, Giannis at, uh, at one point said in an interview, you know, we could see in 2045 every player looks like Victor Wimbanyama. I don't know about that because, again, height is genetics. Height is something you can't teach. But we could see sort of that curve go in the opposite direction that it has been going where players have been getting shorter and shorter. They might start getting taller and taller again. Because the most important and, and uh, most versatile uh, tool that a shooter can use is creating space. And so uh, a lot of point guards, you know, they create space uh, whenever they shoot, either by their teammates or their dribble abilities or what have you, you know. Uh, Steph Curry creates space with screens around him with, again, people like Draymond. Um, and, you know, players like AI would create space with his handles. Kyrie Irving creates space with his handles. Um, and players like Harden sort of do the same thing, do it with their handles. You know, he's got that step back, and, you know, there's some foul 
fouls involved and silly play, but I won't get into that. But needless to say that these point guards create space in their own way by doing something creative with the ball. Um, Victor Wimbayama doesn't really need to do that, uh, but he can if he has to because he does have handles. Um, he's able to sort of dribble around people like a point guard and get his space that he needs to horizontally like these point guards are doing, uh, creating space uh, you know, horizontally on the court. And Victor Wimbayama is changing the game, um, and as ESPN put it, they said changing the geometry of the game because we, for, as NBA fans, as NBA players, as NBA coaches, I feel we have been thinking of the game sort of in that two-dimensional um in that two-dimensional way is we uh you know nba players create space by moving around the player uh, other players against defenders um and then sort of creating space in order to shoot and victor wimbayama is not doing that victor wimbayama is creating space in a 3d way in a three-dimensional way with his height uh, because he is 7'4", and he is basically shooting over everybody else. Because not only is he 7'4", but he has a very, very high release. And so no matter if you put, uh, again, LeBron at 6'7", on him, he is going to shoot over LeBron. Because he's 7'4", to begin with, and then his wingspan is so high that he just creates... Um, Again, they put it like he's shooting in the gym by himself. There is no opposition that you can add to that. He is creating space simply because he is that tall. And he is creating space where there is no contest to his shots. And he just has to simply jump and put it up. Which is why he is able to shoot seven threes, um, seven threes in a game despite being at his height. Because... He all he has to do is simply jump and focus on his shot and not really have to worry about who is guarding him. He can just r- jump, release, and it goes in um, because he is creating uh, that space for himself by being that tall. And, um, you know, Richard Jefferson says, uh, this is the scariest thing the NBA has seen. Um and they even said that had Victor and LeBron been in the same draft class, LeBron would have been drafted second. Um, that is how crazy good Victor Winbanyama is. Um, and it's just crazy if you go and watch highlights. Uh, because, again, he there is no, no one that can really defend him. Um, he is just shooting over people. Um because he has this high, not only is he 74 he has this high vertical high release high wingspan um and there is no one really stopping him and so obviously I really want to see that on the Spurs uh, I've done a video about how Victor Wimbanyama fits on the Spurs how he'd be perfect uh fitting in with the strengths and weaknesses of other players that the Spurs have already drafted um and Obviously, I just want to see the Spurs succeed, and Victor Wimbanyama would be really good for that. If he went to another team, uh, I would be really disappointed because, again, that's one of the greatest players of all time going to another team. But uh, I would just be very excited 
to see Victor play in general. Um, but I, this really will create a different precedent uh, in the NBA because, again, we've seen uh, players get shorter and shorter, and now the league is so short on average that nobody will really be able to defend him. So we'll have to see how teams sort of um, create defenses or create strategies against him. Um, and right now, I really don't think there is because, again, you can't teach height. You can, I mean, you can practice your vertical. You can make your vertical better, but it still isn't going to be um, enough to really stop him. Um, and so, you know, uh, it's sort of the, the inverse of Shaq. Uh, Shaq was so big and dominant that, you know, you couldn't really stop him because he sort of just charged through everybody and used his muscle and his weight and his frame um, to just go through everybody, again, horizontally. Uh, and Giannis does the same thing. And nobody is really stopping Victor because he is going, um, he is going vertically more than anybody else can. And so there is no way to stop him because that verticality will always be better than anybody else. Um, and I, I don't know what other, what else I can really say on that. Cause again, it's, it's just, you have to see him play. Um, you have to look at how tall this man is. You know, he ducks to get through metal detectors. Um, it's just, it's crazy to see. And it'll be interesting to see how he works on each team. Um, and I'm definitely going to do more more videos on Victor because, again, this is one of the greatest players we've ever seen. Um, but anyway, uh, I know it's a little bit under an hour. Usually, I try and keep the episodes up to an hour for you guys. But that's really all I got for this episode. So uh, I'll have more videos coming out soon, obviously. Um, excited for the season to start. Uh, I will have more to talk about with you guys here soon. Uh, with that being said, I will see you guys in the next episode. Um, again, be sure to subscribe, all that cliche YouTuber stuff, like and share the video, trying to hit 500 subs by the end of the year. Uh, go check out the stuff on Spotify, check out the Instagram, all those links in the description, all that good stuff. And I will see you guys in the next one. Nathan Bunnett, episode 33, hopefully episode 34 here soon. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, see you guys in the next one. Uh, Nathan Bonnet, episode 33.